Welcome to Interpod, a podcast by Interpride where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. In honor of Lesbian Visibility Week, which starts April 25th and runs through May 1st, we speak to prominent lesbian-identified voices who have made history and are continuing to empower and advance LGBTQIA rights around the world. Here's Macha Pornin, who's the executive director of Sangsa Anakot Yawachon, a human rights organization working with young folks from marginalized communities, many of whom are indigenous, in disaster-prone Thai villages at the border with Myanmar. She's also a human rights defender, and her organization supports women to become leaders and raise their community's awareness regarding human rights, gender equality, and issues of sexual orientation, gender identity and expression, and sex characteristics. I am a lesbian, so my pronoun is she, her. Um, I am a founder and executive director of an organization called which is the Thai. Um, but the definitions of my organization is support young people to create their own futures. Um, my work rooted me to working in empower young people, especially women, children, and also many of them are LGBTIQ. I think coming out is a big issues uh, in many contexts because the situation in Thailand, basically, um, we have lack of understanding about LGBTIQ rights and lack of support. Therefore, it's really hard to define how we are coming out because actually our family, knowing that we are different, we are, you know, like my mother's saying that, you know, you're not fit in woman role. And then I say, doesn't matter, you know, I am who I am. But the problem came when we are, have our partner is different. Um, some people were close friends, you know, started to ask improper questions. Some people denies to acknowledge our relationships and the government denies our rights. Therefore, coming out widely when we have family, when we have our partner, meaning that we stand to fight all form of discrimination. However, most difficulty is about fighting for acceptance. I mean, coming out is came when I'm so young. It came when I was working as an NGO. It came when I have my partner, but acceptance who I am, acceptance my partner, acceptance our rights is our long struggle. And therefore I meet a lot of people who are fighting for LGBTIQ rights and marriage equality as well as human rights. What prompted you to become an activist, especially a feminist or someone who felt the need to fight for women's rights? As ethnic minority myself, we are fighting when we are so young because we face it, poverty. 
we face that discriminations. And based on our gender and sexual orientation, we also face discrimination from our own family and our communities. I grounded with the ways how to survive. But on the other hand, how to survive better ways to be ourselves and to proud of ourselves. I'm fighting with my mothers to access to education because she don't think that education is important for women. I'm fighting at the school because of a lot of friends bullying me because of I am ethnic minority, because of my sexual orientation. And when I grew up in university, I'm fighting for human rights. Because in the university in Thailand, we still face discriminations. Talking about human rights, you know, we face isolation from our own friends, from our own professors. Therefore, I stand with a, a, a bunch of LGBTIQ and we are empower each other. We conduct human rights trainings that we can, you know, start our work at an activist since we are in university and move further, you know. We are, we, I feel that a lot of girls at LGBTIQ should not face it, you know, discrimination that I face. Therefore, I stand not only for myself, but for, you know, the other who experience not different from me because of their born as the woman. And also they are defined themselves at LGBTIQ. But most importantly, many of them are ethnic minority and indigenous people. You mentioned a couple issues already, such as poverty and discrimination based on sexual orientation, gender identity. Uh, but what are some of the other critical issues you you feel, or even in becoming the activist, a voice fighting for human rights, but that you felt needed immediate attention when it came specifically to sexual orientation, gender identity, expression, and sex characteristics? So I think the important situation we should learn is about recent situation, for example, humanitarian crisis because of the COVID-19. Everyone thought like the impact equally, but it's not reflect that way. A lot of migrant workers, a lot of indigenous people unable to access to treatment equally. But imagine, when my grand workers or indigenous people have been acknowledged, but LGBTIQ denied because of we are different sexual orientation. So it, this is the core value. When we're talking about humanitarians, we need to include that the human rights and also sexual orientation, gender identity, sex characteristic at the framework. We're talking about human rights. For example, you know, human rights of you know, um, indigenous people. But we are kind of sometimes forget that there's such a context, it's different. And we, if we unable to address that, the people who are facing human life violation, we are unable to participation. We're talking about education, but how can we talking about education when they are hunger? How can we talking about development when they are running from the bombs? from the guns. So human rights also need to address the humanitarian situations that the people are facing, especially when they are marginalized by the society at large. 
We're talking about social justice. We're talking about gender justice. But where is the representation of lesbian? Where is the representation of bisexual women, non-binary? We need to address all of that. The immediate action that we need to take is to ensure that we are diverse and we are inclusively. How is reflected that? Where is our representation? And where is our voice? If our representation is there, our voice is there. Our need will be addressed. You'd mentioned, you know, the the issues not only yes from the LGBTQIA plus perspective of how it's so important for us to exist with the lens of a humanitarian crisis. So, with that in mind, what are some of the current issues Indigenous LGBTQIA plus folks are facing today, especially in territories of conflict? And maybe speak a little bit more specifically about, you know, the work that you're doing um, at the border and and explain a little bit about the crisis that is happening today. Um, first of all, I would like to address the context of indigenous people in Thailand um, and many countries. Uh, for example, in Thailand, the indigenous people do not acknowledge, meaning that the Thai government never put the definition of indigenous people in any law and policy, mm-hmm. and they're calling indigenous people at ethnic, not even mention ethnic minorities. Therefore, their human right is denial. For example, right to land in, is impossible. In Thailand, indigenous people don't have the right to land. Therefore, they face poverty. Imagine of four, five generations staying there now, which are on their own land. A lot of law and policy restricted their cultures, the way that how they access to national resource, and also it prevents them to maintain their cultures. So what happens? Our indigenous people faces a lot of challenge. Many of them still being stateless. And all of their basic human rights violated, not only by the governments, but also by individuals. This is rooted a lot of problems, especially poverty. A lot of indigenous people, especially girls, unable to access to educations. When they are unable to access to educations, they are forced to marry when they are so young. Many of them are exploitation in terms of child labors and also sex exploitations. Many of them became a victim of human, human trafficking. This is the context that I work in. But how we can address all of the challenge? We are providing human rights education to support them to understand what their rights and to support them to define what they want, to support them to stand for their community and their human rights. Secondly, we support them to do a research. For example, 
during the COVID-19. We are now running the feminist participatory action research on COVID-19 impact on the livelihoods of women, children, and LGBTIQ. Based on this research, we are trying to find a solution to at least the COVID-19 recovery and the impact from it. We also support them by support the idea of start the small business. Successfully, three young indigenous LGBTIQ won the Youth Collab Initiative supported by UNDP in Thailand. They are now started this close, which is an indigenous textile. And uh, they are support 10 indigenous women who are state-led to own this business together. And over a year, they have and they and they able to generate income to their family and they can survive during these difficulties. However, this project is ongoing. We will support more people to have job and also to get some income. Most importantly, we also advocate, try to end, try to support indigenous women, children, and also LGBTIQ to fight to end gender-based violence and homophobic. So all of that is how we are working and how we are fighting for. However, this context is not only about the human, human rights situations or the COVID-19 impact. This area is impacted by the war for more than 70 years. Many generations faced the same situation that they run away to fight where is safe. This caused the internal and external displacements. The community that I am working now, 70% are state-led. How can the people who born there, who are stayed there, became state-led in their own land? It's because of the conflict, which is still ongoing. Last year, the bomb happens, the fight and the attack between military of Myanmar after the coup, and also the attack, the ethnic minority, is impact both sides of the borders, not only within Myanmar or not only within the ethnic minority area, but also its impact overall that area. However, as you heard, the Thai government, a lack of responsible for the humanitarian crisis. The people are still fled from their home. And what we need to address is humanitarian crisis it's happened around the world. No government should deny to make the people safe and the right need to be granted, especially to those who they are on that land. And they are now facing the very challenging because when the attack happened, they just run away. It's already 70 years. 
And the issue of internal displacement and external displacement is not only because of the conflict. Now we need to think about a lot of people will flee from their family because of COVID-19, because of the economic crisis, because of the climate change. We don't learn from our history and how we can move forward. So I think this is really important moment that we need to talking about how can we solve these issues. And I stand in solidarity with the people who are facing the conflict all over the world. And we are now stand side to side with the young people who fighting for climate change, who fighting for end the poverty. If you could add your your thoughts on the power of our unity, especially around educating people of what's happening and the importance of of unity among LGBTQIA plus and of human rights activists who are doing this critical work today. I will sharing my experience, and I thought my experience maybe will reflect the answers. During the COVID-19 situation, at that time, our organization ran out support from any donors. And in the village, the people started to face a hunger because being stayed in Thailand, meaning that they unable to work, because of restriction by the policy and law, a lot of women unable to access to natural resource, which is herb, plants, and also rice. And they have no jobs. And they are put to stay in their home, which is really small. And a few people die, especially elderly, disability women, some of them commit suicide. We are started to address these issues and advocate in Thailand and try to get the donation from our friends. Over a year, we possible to deliver food, medicines, and something to show our care, which is about 11 times. Can you imagine Nearly 2,000 people faced this situation for over two years and be possible to support this community because of our friends. It's not only in Thailand, but also in our region and globally. This year is the first time ever that we get enough support. Our support will be connected with the other indigenous people not only in the Northern Thailand, but overall Thailand. So this is reflected that, you know, when we are in the difficult situations, we still listen what happened to our friend and we had in hand and we are trying to support each other. So I think this is the core value to listen, to support and to share what we have. And even we have nothing, someone who are care also come in time 
and now we will strong more than ever because we got enough support to work, to do research, to empower young people, and to connect with the regionals. So I think this is the meaning of unite, the meaning of connect, the meaning of gender situations. And when we're talking about crisis, it's not only COVID, but it's ongoing armed conflict. But at the same time, the climate change also will be at risk as well. And we are diverse generation, not only young people, but elderly, disability women also involving young people who are stand for land rights and other activists who are defined as feminist wonder joy. So I think all of that happened in this situation. And what we reflect our work forward in advancing human rights and LGBTIQ rights is where we are possible to do something together. For example, in the age of math, we will marching in the streets. In the prime months, we will come together, host a conference, share our experience and our hope, you know, our works, and make the societies get the new narrative from the people who are stand for human rights. So I think this, this may be our core value and what I would like to share. Give us your final thoughts on Lesbian Visibility Week, the importance of it. As a lesbian, I am very proud, you know, and you know what happens when myself and my partner and my daughter walking in the streets, some young lesbian ran to me and told me that you are inspired me. I want to have the child. You are inspired me. I want to fight for marriage equality. You are inspired me. I want to learn about how we can working, you know, as activists. So what I want to share is that when we are out proud and do something, not only for ourselves, it's benefit to society, it support young people to easily stand for their human rights because they have friends, you know. And this also happened to my daughters. She was came out at the age of 14. 14. Mom, I am bisexual. I can love girl as well. So at that time, I say, wow, congratulations. You find out your sexual orientation when you are so young. Congratulations. And I told her, what you will never face is discrimination in our family. You will never have anyone in our family discrimination you and go and fight girl. So four years later, she became the Asian Girl Human Rights Award. So she get the Human Rights Award from the organization called Garden of Hope because she's fighting for the right of the child within the rainbow family. So I think we are lesbian. We are inspire each other and we are support young people to fight for their own rights. And we hope no one gonna fight for human rights anymore because we are respected by the society and respected by the governments. So I think this is our hope that the new generation will deserve what they should deserve as the human being, which is acknowledgement and respectation and acceptance. 
Thank you, Macha. Thank you so much for all that you have done and continue to do for our communities. It's Lesbian Visibility Week, and so we have more voices that we're profiling. Visit Interpride.org to hear more podcast episodes. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. This is Interpod, a podcast by Interpride where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community.